Welcome to this episode of the Society for Scholarly Publishing's Early Career Podcast. This is Meredith coming to you from Boston. As always, we thank SSP for supporting the podcast and giving us a chance to be here. We're kicking off 2024 by checking in with current SSP President Randy Townsend. Randy is the inaugural editor-in-chief for the George Washington University Journal of Ethics and Publishing and is also an adjunct professor of the MPS and Publishing Program in the College of Professional Studies at GW. Personally, I'm very excited for this conversation because I had the distinct pleasure of serving on the SSP board with Randy for a few years, so I know a little bit about the wisdom and insight he has to offer, and now we get to share that with our audience. We're going to chat about Randy's presidency so far, his plans for 2024, and his perspectives on the critical role of early career professionals in our industry. I can't wait to get started, so let's get right into our conversation with Randy. Randy, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you, Meredith. So I gave you a little bit of an introduction, but why don't we start with having you just tell us a bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Well, before finding Scholarly Publishing, I was actually an entrepreneur. I co-owned an entertainment company and rubbed elbows with the likes of Lauren Hill, Jay-Z, The Roots, and the Wu-Tang Clan. It was a lot of fun, but we were trying to do too many things and ultimately dissolved the company. I went on to get my undergraduate degree and then relocated from New Jersey to the DC area. I underestimated how competitive the job market was in DC. So after a brief stint at a marketing firm, I reached out to a temp agency who sent me to the American Geophysical Union to work in their production department. After three months, I was invited to stay and that was my introduction to scholarly publishing. At AGU, I would learn everything I could about XML, HTML, acquisition, marketing, design, layout. You name it, I was poking my nose into it. I led efforts to digitize workflows and went from production coordinator to team leader to production manager. I eventually flipped over to editorial and led peer review, editorial support, and engagement and vendor management. I was involved in developing and implementing ethics and fair data policies. We launched some journals in there, flipped some from subscription models to hybrid to open access. Somewhere in between, I earned my master's degree in publishing at George Washington University. I was the inaugural editor-in-chief, as you mentioned, for the GW Journal of Ethics and Publishing. I'm an associate professor right now at George Washington University, the same program that I received my master's degree in where I teach ethics and publishing. And I'm having a lot of fun right now developing peer review strategies and engagement with Origin Editorial. Thanks for that introduction. Super interesting. I knew that your path in scholarly publishing was interesting, but fascinating to hear about your pre-publishing life as well. Yeah, it's not linear at all. It's kind of all over the place, but in hindsight, it all makes sense. Yeah, it makes the best story when it's not linear as well. So that's great. Can you tell us then how you first got involved with SSP? Yeah, so I'm a very curious person and I've never been afraid to ask a lot of questions. So I remember a manager of mine first pointed me to the Scarly Kitchen because I was asking all kinds of questions about the things that we were doing and what it meant in the broader context. And this is at a time where I'm learning markup language. I never knew markup language existed. I didn't know what these things meant. So, you know, I'm lifting up the hood and pulling things apart. So they were like, just go read the Scarly Kitchen and you'll find your answers there. <laughs> that was my introduction to a more expansive world of Scarly Publishing. But the connection to SSP 
the conversations really from Scarlet Kitchen led to SSP. So the first event that I attended, I was part of me felt uncomfortable the first time I went. There weren't a lot of people that looked like me. And I kept feeling like I stood out and people were looking at me funny, but the conversation was exactly what I was there for. And I loved everything that was occurring around me. And I kind of lost myself in the different discussions. I wanted to hear more. So I was encouraged to attend more events. And I was interested in joining a committee, which my supervisors, they were really supportive of. I think the biggest challenge, or I was kind of frustrated with it. I think they were probably frustrated with me too. I wanted to join a bunch of committees all at once. I didn't want to miss a conversation. So kind of narrowing it down to, you know, pick the one or two things that most interested me is where we ended up with. Yeah, I can relate to that overcommitting piece is once you find this organization, you sort of want to be everywhere you can be. And it's not always possible, but it's tempting to do so. (laughs) It was just so inspiring. You know, I'm sitting there and I'm learning more and more about things I had no idea about and learning from people who are the leaders at the time. So you know, this is the voice of the community. And I had a front row seat to their insight and wisdom. So Randy, at the start of last year, we interviewed Miranda, who served as SSP president right before you. And in that conversation, she told us a little bit about the role of the SSP board as leaders for the organization. I'm curious to hear from your point of view now that you're president. Can you tell us how you interact with the rest of the SSP board and what their role is in organizational leadership? Sure. So the SSP board is like a conduit for the voice of the members in our discussions and the decisions that we make and in the activities that we prioritize. So each board member is also a liaison to an SSP committee and they attend the meetings and filter information to those meetings about the board discussions. And they also bring back information to the board about important conversations and ideas that are happening at the committee level. I really rely on their honest assessment and I trust their judgment. When we all meet together, we're able to discuss and deliberate and debate respectful and really productive ways. I may bring an idea to the table that I think is brilliant. That idea may be tossed around and challenged And ultimately, the decision may be that it's not as brilliant as I thought it was, but I never walk away feeling that I lost anything in those circumstances. There's never a personal attack. The discussions have always remained thoughtful. Ultimately, we're making decisions for SSP and not for the interests of any one individual that sits at the table. Yeah, and it's important to have multiple points of view represented on the board so that you're making balanced decisions. And as you said, really representing the different corners of the membership, which there have been a lot of efforts in recent years to just increase the diversity and geographical reach of the organization. So that's even more important than ever, I would imagine. So can you tell us what have been some of the highlights in your SSP presidency so far? Yes, I'm such a fan of the industry. And as president, I'm an honorary member of every SSP committee and task force. So I join as many calls as I can. It's that dream that I had when I wanted to be on every committee. I couldn't pick one. So, you know, now I have the opportunity to really be a part of every conversation. So I try to join as many as I can. And I really want to be a fly on the wall and listen to what's being discussed and what challenges the committees are facing. 
In some cases, I may jump in and try to help out, but in most cases, I'm really enjoying watching the members work it out. I, I never want to undermine the leadership of the committee chairs and task force chairs. So if I do weigh in, it's with the knowledge of another committee's conversation that may need consideration or with some other initiative being discussed at the board level. When I join these calls and hear about all the things in motion, it reminds me of my responsibility as president. I have to show up for SSP because everybody's bringing their A game. There really are no bench warmers and nobody's on the sidelines. You're making such an important point here about the organization being volunteer run, really. And we talk about that a lot on the podcast, just that it is a group of volunteers who are passionate about the industry and give their time. And so really your role as president is to direct those efforts into impactful strategic initiatives. Yeah. And they're doing such a great job. Again, you know, I really enjoy just listening and watching it all play out. And each committee has so many different levels of things that they're working on. And to hear the way that they're facing these challenges, you know, it's just exciting to me. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of strategic initiatives, I know that you're making mental health awareness a cornerstone for your presidency. Can you tell us more about that in terms of why you think that's important for the SSP community and also what you have in mind for that initiative? So in all honesty, I really didn't think about having a cornerstone for my presidency. My mother always told me to see beyond what you see and hear beyond what you hear. So as I was approaching my term, I was doing a lot of listening and observing, not just to the things being said, but to the context surrounding the things being said. I knew that as the pandemic was unfolding, we would need to understand what life would be like afterwards. But to get to that point, I wanted to start understanding the characteristics of a society that has been forced to change abruptly. And I kept thinking about the fear we experienced and the uncertainty and the disconnection and the isolation and the anxiety and misinformation and disinformation. Not to mention there was an inflammatory political climate. There were the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Aubrey. And people that may have not been prepared to work remotely were forced to learn to work remotely. The lines that once divided our personal and professional lives were growing thinner and we can no longer stop the cats from walking in front of the computer screen or my kids that were doing cartwheels behind me while I was giving a presentation. And, and that's really a true story. They were literally doing cartwheels behind me as I'm giving a presentation, a professional presentation. So I'm approaching my term and reflecting on all of these important considerations and how the members are managing them differently. These are the things that are resting on what they're already dealing with. It's additional pressure, it's additional worry. Last week, it was announced that the World Health Organization is making loneliness a global health priority. The SSP core values, which were championed by President Alice Meadows and carried on by my predecessor, Miranda Walker, they were central to my approach as president. My integrity as president is predicated by my demonstrated commitment to an inclusive community that remains flexible, adaptable, and resilient in the face of all challenges. And in my Scarly Kitchen post uh, from September, I shared a story of 
a childhood friend who lost a brother and a son to suicide within six months. I kept thinking of the many cries for help that could have been overlooked and could have changed the trajectory of those outcomes. Throughout the last few years, I watched a frenemy. I don't have many frenemies, but he was definitely a frenemy of mine, spiral emotionally and psychologically. He was a veteran and a father, and we never got along. But I wanted him to win probably more badly than he wanted to win. I wanted him to be in a position to shove his success in my face. Unfortunately, he took his life last month. So many of us are dealing with different struggles and we're suppressing and compartmentalizing. And I'm hoping to remind our members that whatever they're facing, they are not alone. We're all trying to figure it out in some way, shape or form. SSP is a community of extraordinary and talented professionals, and I'm hoping to normalize conversations around mental health so our members can truly be comfortable in their skin and confidently share their talents, perspectives, and voices. What I had in mind was a start, and hopefully members will help it evolve into what's best for SSP. Thank you so much, Randy. That is really just interesting to hear the background behind this and I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this can relate to the personal connection. And also just to say that it can be really easy to sideline the mental health aspect of everything that we've all been through over these past couple of years in favor of just getting through and putting one foot in front of the other. So as a member of the SSP community, I can say it's really refreshing to see this centered in a different way and to see sort of your focus on featuring different voices and different aspects of this, because you really do never know what somebody is going through. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the things we can expect to see? For example, I know there's Mental Health Mondays on the Scholarly Kitchen. Are there other specific things like that that you have in mind for the coming year? I'm hoping to have some webinars related to mental health to bring in some professionals that can offer guidance. One of the things that we talked about earlier on with the task force for mental health awareness, we're not per se qualified to give advice or to give a diagnosis. So we want to make sure that when we're sharing stories, the guidance that goes with it from the professionals that are qualified to offer that guidance or help or those resources. You know, I'm hoping to see some webinars related to mental health. Mental Health Awareness Mondays on the Scholarly Kitchen is every Monday in November, but the goal is to have at least one Monday each month dedicated to mental health awareness. So it just carries on. So we do hear those different perspectives. And it's so many different angles connected to mental health awareness that we're hoping to shine some visibility into those different circumstances and those different challenges that people are facing. Again, to remind them that they're not alone. I like that the focus here is on different angles and also understanding that not every conversation about mental health has to be a negative one, that they can be constructive and just sort of affirming. And I expect that we're going to see a lot of that as well. Yeah, there's a lot of success stories out there. And some of the posts that went live on Scarlet Kitchen already are a reflection of those success stories. They're not necessarily easy to read, but they're fulfilling because they demonstrate how people 
have navigated their personal challenges and are navigating their personal challenges. And hopefully they offer a pathway or at least the sunlight that these things can be overcome. You can learn to live with these challenges successfully and get through them. Yeah, thank you. I feel like we could probably continue talking about this topic and and what's going to happen with it for a while. But I do want to switch gears a little bit here just so we have time to get in a couple of questions about your just advice and insights taking into mind our core audience, which are early career professionals generally. They listen to this podcast and they come from all areas of scholarly communication. And I would love to hear your perspective of what is the role of early career professionals within our industry specifically, and then also within SSP and other similar industry organizations? And I saw this clip about leadership a long, long time ago. At least it seems like a long time ago. It said that the most important leader is the first follower. And the clip was this guy doing this silly dance and this other guy jumped up. He starts mimicking the silly dance. And before you know it, three more people started doing the silly dance. And before you know, you have a like a park full of people all doing the silly dance. And that first follower demonstrated that it's okay to join and follow. And they have the potential to inspire more followers to join and follow. So the early career professionals, they have one of the most important perspectives in scholarly communication because this group will inherit the outcomes and decisions from today's leaders. So it's critical that they are invited to the conversations and to the table and that they are engaged. I think back to my early days when I was learning the markup language and Everybody was scrambling over this new device called a tablet. And I was excited by how the world was transforming. And I was gobbling up everything I can get my hands on. So I enrolled in the George Washington University's master in publishing program. And I was just all in. Those conversations in hindsight, they seem like so long ago, right? We're talking about the tablets. Today, it's a little different. We're talking about AI and transformative agreements and government mandates. Um, tomorrow is going to be something else. So yesterday's conversations informs today's decisions, and then they prepare us for what I would consider tomorrow's fun. You never know what's going to come around the corner, but we're better prepared if we're part of the conversation right now. We hear what the discussions are and the important points from the current leaders. It's one of the reasons why it was so important to me to stay connected to the GW Masters in Publishing program, because I know that they're shaping those early career professionals and those that are reinventing themselves into the world of scholarly communication. It's giving them an overview of what the industry has to offer. Yes, agree on all those points. Related question to that, we hear a lot from early career professionals that one of the more challenging things as you're sort of entering and orienting to the industry is staying up to date. You talked a little bit about this, that you're just hungry for everything that was happening. Do you have any advice for how people can stay up to date on what's going on in the industry and how they can sort of filter through all the information that's out there and all the things that are yeah, going on? So I could definitely understand that challenge, but I think it's, it's a good problem to have because try to imagine being in an industry where there's nothing new happening. Like how boring would that be, right? Personally, I always start with the scholarly kitchen from the advice that the chefs offer to the guest posts. There's always something valuable to take away. 
one thing that's actually perfect and is designed for early career professionals is the Early Career Chew, which is developed in partnership with SSP, STM, Council of Science Editors, and ISMTE. It's a newsletter that's on LinkedIn and it provides, I guess, tidbits or chunks, distilled chunks of things going on and kind of aggregates this information, again, specifically for early career professionals. And I think they just launched their second issue just recently. But that newsletter, again, is on LinkedIn. I'd also encourage them to to join the conversations on SSP's member platform, C3. If you have a mentor, have those open conversations with your mentor and they may be able to help you determine what may offer you the best value for what you have planned for your future, for the things you're interested in. I've had a lot of unofficial mentors and I would always ask those questions. It starts though with really thinking about what's important to you because there is a lot of information floating around. It's kind of hard to filter through it. But if you start by asking yourself what's important to you and identifying what those things are, it'll filter out the noise, those things that may be interesting, but may not be as important. Check with the current news, see what events are going on in the world, locally or or beyond, because different things impact or may impact what your work is or what your business is or your plans for the day or your business models. So staying in touch with the news is also something I would recommend. A lot of great advice in there. Early career chew is not something I think we've talked about on here before. We'll try to put a link to that in the scholarly kitchen post for this episode so that folks can check that out because that sounds like the perfect thing as kind of a starting entry point to figure out where you might want to go from there. But the distillation of that is sounds really perfect for yep, absolutely. Our and I'll just give another plug for the the GW <laughs> uh, Masters in Publishing program. It's a phenomenal program. In fact, it was rated the number one publishing program in America just recently. So, you know, I'll brag and boast about it because I'm an advocate, but I was really proud to say it's demonstrating how valuable it is of a program. That's great. You're fully entitled to boast about that. And also, I think it's good to just call attention for everybody that these things exist, right? And it might be something that people coming into the industry don't even know that such programs are out there. So it it's a good lead for people exactly. to look into more. So, Randy, what are you most excited about as we look ahead to 2024? So I've always been excited about the potential of our industry. Thinking ahead for 2024, I'm excited to see the ways in which we advance the important conversations. Like we're still talking about open science and open data and open access and how we respond to government mandates and giving advice to each other on what's worked and what hasn't worked. I'm interested to see, you know, how we use uh, transformative agreements going forward. I'm optimistic. I may make this prediction that in large parts, we're going to solve the AI concerns that we have. I, I think that we have a lot of brilliant people pulling it apart and trying to figure out the best way to utilize AI and how it should exist in our ecosystem. I'm interested to see how we protect our content from paper mills and other threats to the integrity and in, in our operations and other activities. The potential is just ripe, you know, no matter where you turn. And I'm hoping to see that we've normalized these conversations around mental health and that we amplify the core values of SSP in all that we do. I'm curious to see how the sustainable development goals from the United Nations recommendations, how they will factor into 
the future of our business and our activities. So really, I'm excited to see new and future leaders joining the conversation and really helping us shape the future of our industry. Yeah, that's great. The thought that we could potentially get to some answers in the AI sphere in 2024 is a really exciting thought. And I agree, it seems very possible given all the conversations that are going on. A lot to be excited about. Honestly, I think we're close. There's some sticking issues. I'm not sure it's going to be a one size fits all, but I think we'll have some at least general guidance that we can all agree on and how we navigate that general guidance will be specific to our individual business models. But I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. Yeah, I agree. I do think we're not far. So Randy, you've been very generous with your time so far. I do want to sneak in one more question to, to end the conversation, which is if you are willing to share what the best piece of advice you've gotten in your own career has been and something that you would kind of be willing to pass along to our audience. Yeah, I've been fortunate to have a lot of really good people give me great advice. It's hard to narrow down one, but I will say when you find yourself in the room, make sure that your presence is felt. You may not have all the right answers, but you're there for a reason. You represent a certain perspective. You may see things different than everybody else at the table. And it's important that that perspective is shared and considered. That's so great. And I feel like it circles back so nicely to something you said earlier in the conversation about your sort of early time in SSP and how you felt for moments a little out of place, like there weren't a lot of others like you there, and how now you're the SSP president and you've really shifted that perspective to how can I contribute to this community and how can I become part of it and move it forward so others don't feel that way when they join. It's really important. Every voice counts. You really are a part of a generous, compassionate organization as an SSP member and an industry that, as we evolve, need to hear from you. Yes. Thank you so much, Randy. I feel like that's a great place to end the conversation. I really appreciate your time. I knew this was going to be a great conversation. I know our audience will enjoy it. My thank pleasure. you so thank much. Thank you for inviting me. A big thanks to Randy for taking the time to be here and talk to us about the exciting year ahead for SSP, as well as his invaluable advice for our early career audience. Please make sure to tune into the Scholarly Kitchen for Mental Health Mondays and look out for all the other initiatives in Randy's mental health campaign. We hope you all enjoyed hearing from Randy and took note of some of his takeaways. Thank you so much for listening, and Sarah and I will be back soon with our next episode.